Father, you are, you are on the move in ways that we cannot understand. God, there's confusing times. There are good times. God, have your way with us. God, there's trouble all around the world. There's trouble in Haiti right now, and it's overwhelming. We don't understand what that means, but we know that you are with us. God, we love you. Use us, speak to us today. Help us to understand what you are saying in our lives. God, help us reflect on how you have lived in our lives, how you're living and speaking to us today, and where you are leading us. We love you. In your son's name, amen. Good morning. Sometimes things happen that we don't expect. I know that kind of goes without saying. I got a, uh, I was texting with Josh a couple days ago, and he said, well, wh you know, what are we going to call the, the service? I said, Josh, you just, you go ahead and name the, name the service for us. And he came up with Ghost of Christians Past, Present, and Future, so I had to rewrite my whole sermon. <laughs> so that was a, a little bit unexpected. Um, but we are creeping up on the end of summer, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about Christmas, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, we have had some heat waves and some crazy rain and all sorts of other stuff, but I think summer's a good time to talk about Christmas. My uncle, he has on his Facebook page, um, like the countdown to Christmas, but he starts the day after Christmas. He loves Christmas. So we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas today. And one of the all-time greatest Christmas movies, A Christmas Carol. Not A Christmas Story, that's the one with the BB gun and the kid with the tongue on the pole. Not that one. Christmas Carol. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, the ghost, that whole thing. If you don't know it, uh, it's a good one, but I think we all know the one. And here's a question for our online campus. Which is your favorite Christmas Carol version? I have mine. Does anyone else have their favorite? I didn't even know that the first one was filmed in 1901. I watched it this morning. It's like six minutes long, but it's really cool. Uh, very strange, but uh, really cool. Uh, but for me, mine's the one with George C. Scott. Am I alone in that? Maybe I'm just showing my age. I mean, it was made in 1984, so it was kind of the one I grew up with, but uh, I love that one. And I was thinking just for fun, maybe we could think about the characters in the story, and maybe, this is a stretch, but our own church. I think about those three ghosts, the ghosts of past, present, and future, and who in our church kind of represents our history? Who's, who's, who's gotten us where we are today? And we can all think of some people, um, the deans, I don't know, there's so many, I don't want to name, I don't want to name too many people, but we have these people who have helped get us where we are today. And look, look around today. Who is part of our present? Who is helping to kind of show who we are as Emmanuel Church? I mean, there's so many people. The, the worship band, thank you uh, for what you're doing. People up in the mezzanine. I mean, there's so many people who are kind of pitching in right now. And, and I think about the future. Who's, who's the future of of the church here. I mean, yes, it's our kids. I believe the children are the future. I know the song too, but 
All of us, we're the future of the church, right? What a challenge. Wait, who's Scrooge? I wonder who Scrooge is in our church. I told JD I would say it was him, but I don't think. He's not Scrooge. He's like the ghost of Christmas awesome. Um, no, we don't have to think about who Scrooge is. That's, that's not very nice. I would never do that. But the point of A Christmas Carol, that story, it's really to remind us of the transforming power of love and selflessness. And it's really to show us our past and how it affects our present and that our present kind of helps determine where our future is, right? So a Christmas carol walks hand in hand with today's passage from the book of Acts. So in this series on the book of Acts, we've been talking about ghost stories, right? We're talking about how the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, how the very breath of God has interacted with his people throughout the book of Acts. And this week we find an interesting passage from Acts chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, head there, and we'll be looking at verses 18 through 38. I'm not going to read them all, but we're definitely uh, gonna check them out, and you're encouraged to uh, read those also on your own. However, I'm going to reference this passage uh, this morning as we walk through it. So let's discover how the Spirit was part of Paul's past, impacted his present decisions, and helped to influence the future of the church. And just like Scrooge had spirits leading him through life, let's listen to how the Holy Spirit can lead us through this process of Bible study this morning. Okay, so in Acts chapter 20, we find the Apostle Paul about to make a big transition in his life. He was a missionary and traveled a lot. So transition was not new for him. However, this one was unique. He had had plans to revisit some of the churches that he had planted along his missionary journey, but he found himself feeling pulled by the Spirit towards something new. Instead of visiting those churches he helped plant, he calls the leaders to him to give them a message. He starts his talk with them by revealing something important in those opening verses of our passage. He shares his story of how God has been with him and how Paul has been faithful in following where God has led him in the past. When he finally got the church leaders together and met with them, he knew it was important to share with them his history of listening to God's spirit. So here it is, Acts 20, beginning in verse 18, it says this. You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I've endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. And then verse 21 also says this, I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. You see, he was reminding them that the spirit is part of our past. I remember about, oh man, 18 years ago, I'm aging myself, Betsy and I were married just a short time and we both had really good jobs in Boston. Betsy was uh, working at a brokerage firm, so she was a broker in Boston. Uh, I worked in low-income housing and we both had you know, kind of fancy offices and things were going well. We were senior, senior high Sunday school teachers, we were young adult leaders, um, 
in the, the college church there at Eastern Nazarene College. Uh, had friends, a you know, place to live. Things were, things were good. But I felt like a stirring. I felt like God was calling us on to something else, to something new. And uh, we prayed a lot about it. And I remember, you know, feeling like God was calling me to seminary. And this was not on our agenda, as these things usually happen to go. You know, we had a life that we were starting, and things were going a certain trajectory, and God was calling us to seminary. And it was kind of a, a little bit of a call that had happened on my life as a, as a teenager, and God was cashing it in there later in life. You know how he does that. So um, It was this kind of unknown thing, but we were totally sure of one thing. That was what God was calling us to. So we went. God calls us to things sometimes. Now fast forward four years from then, we had graduated and we were, you know, had felt like this, we were going to be missionaries. God had called us to this. And we got to meet this awesome couple who had this amazing ministry where they planned short-term mission trips for groups all over the world. Uh, great couple, great organization. Um, and they wanted us to run their short-term mission program. So they flew us down to Florida, this coastal town where their organization headquarters were. We had great friends who lived in the area and, and we talked together and dreamed together. We could do life together. We had kids the same age. It was great. Like this is the dream job. And when we left there, we were praying and discerning and listening and we felt a clear message from God that no, this, this isn't what I have for you. I have something better. Um, what was better was we did have a year and a half in my parents' basement after that of waiting for what came next. <laughs> so I think there was some growth in our lives that needed to happen. But sometimes God calls us two things, and sometimes God says no. Um, you see, Betsy and I are able to look back on our lives and our walks with Christ and see God's hand and God's spirit guide us in the midst of it all. We can see how the Spirit led us towards some things and away from other things. We can see God's faithfulness through it all. And we are so thankful for serving a God with whom we can look back and see his Spirit with us. You see, folks, when we accept Christ as our Savior and we give our lives over to him, we begin to recognize how the Spirit walks with us. We can look back on our lives and see how the Spirit is part of our past. And this is an important message that Paul wants to relay to those early church leaders and it's a message we need to hear today. Folks, we need to begin to open our eyes to the Spirit in our lives. Take a moment right now and think. Think of something for me. What has God done in your past to prove himself faithful? How has the Spirit led you and guided you in various life transitions? It's important to take time to remember these things. But it doesn't stop there. We need to be ready and willing to share those lessons. We need to not only recognize the Spirit's hand in our lives, but we need to share that good news with others. Paul was reminding those people in his life that God had called him and he was faithful 
And in that faithfulness, God did some amazing things. Here's just a tip about how to do that. I mean, sometimes it seems overwhelming. How do we share that good news with people? Well, Betsy and I have been able to train and work with a lot of short and long-term missionaries, and when they head back into their context, we teach them to be ready to share what they've learned in three ways. A three-second version, a three-minute version, and a 30-minute version. So as you look back on your life with Christ, how has the Spirit woven through that story and how can you share it with others? Now, if there's like a quick encounter at the grocery store, right, that's 30 seconds. How has the Spirit woven through your life and how can you share that in 30 seconds? If you're chatting with your neighbor, how can you share that story, that Spirit story in three minutes? And if you happen to have a cup of coffee or sit down to dinner with some friends, how can you share that story in 30 minutes? It makes it a little bit less intimidating and overwhelming when you take some time to think how God has worked in your life and these little ways to share that good news. Well, look for those beautiful opportunities. Look for them today. And remember that the Spirit is part of our past. But Paul also helps those early church leaders know that the Spirit is also part of our present. Paul says this in verse 22 and 23. And now I am bound by the Spirit. And this is pulled, compelled, almost no choice. I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. You see, Paul has switched from talking about the past to talking about the present. And now I am compelled. The Spirit has been with us, but the Spirit is also with us now and calling us deeper into relationship with our Creator. What does this look like? What does it look like to you? I, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you what that call on your life is. I can't tell you what that voice is sharing with you right now. I do want to share something about my life. I've never shared this out loud in front of anyone, so no judging. But at different times in my life, God has put something kind of funny on my heart. See, when I'm sometimes walking down the sidewalk or walking you know, by a street, this is going to sound dumb, I'm sorry and I see a piece of trash, I feel like God is saying, I, I need you to pick that piece of trash up. Isn't that weird? Now, it's part of our journey to, to figure out if this is a spirit talking or is this our OCD talking? I'm not sure. But God has put that on my heart. It doesn't have to be on everyone's heart. But God has put that on my heart. Um, and I'm not totally sure uh, what that means, but... I recognize that I am a privileged person. I am a white male with a great family history, with a wonderful wife, awesome kids. Um, I have everything going for me that can lead me very quickly into pride. And pride is always knocking on my door. I think pride is one of those things that likes to creep around our lives looking for a way in. And I know the trash is a dumb example, but it's one little way that God keeps my pride in check. Um, God is speaking. 
God speaks in weird ways with trash. God speaks in other ways. But the Spirit is calling us and prompting us and we can choose to ignore it or we can choose to respond to it. And when I think about listening to the Spirit, I'm always encouraged and challenged by the prophets of the Old Testament. One of the hallmarks and defining characteristics of the prophets is that they are individuals who walk so closely with God that they can hear his voice and be ready to respond. I think about the prophet Isaiah, and if you go to Isaiah chapter 6, you can see his calling. He has this vision, which is so cool, and God kind of says, not even to Isaiah, but out loud, who am I going to send? Who's going to go for me? And Isaiah is walking so closely with him, he raises his hand and says, here I am, send me. Ezekiel has a similar vision. Now, he was less excited to go, but he went. The prophet Micah shared the words of the Lord even in the face of death and imprisonment. You see, God uses those who are walking closely with him to share his good news of repentance and redemption. And Paul is teaching these early church leaders about what it means to walk closely with their creator. Paul heard the voice of God so clearly that he was compelled, forced, really, to acquiesce. The Spirit is telling Paul that life will not be easy. The road will be full of bumps and bruises. His future will inevitably involve suffering, but he must go. I've spoken with so many people, some of you who are in this room today, who have felt the Spirit calling them. So many of you have felt this pull, this compulsion to move, to go, to speak, to share. Do you know what I'm talking about? We serve a God who speaks to us and calls us deeper into relationship with him. God is speaking to you today. The Holy Spirit is calling you deeper now. The road ahead may not be easy, but God will work all things out for good. We must simply hear and obey. And when we do this, we begin to build up a history with the Spirit that we can look back on and share those stories with others because the Spirit is part of your past and the Spirit is part of your present. And when Paul was sharing all this with this group, this is kind of the part of the story where he got a little bit serious. The Spirit has been with me, he said. The Spirit is with me today. And then Paul probably stopped, looked them in the eye, and he said, So? And that word so, sometimes translated as therefore, now, if you ever see therefore in the Bible, this is a Bible study tip, if you ever see the word therefore in the Bible, you have to figure out what it's there for. Okay, it's, a, it's an important word. So that word so, that word therefore, is in there. And he looks them in the eye and he says so. And then he says something important. This is like that pivotal moment in the Christmas carol. We've gone through the first two ghosts, right? The past and the present. And then the ghost of the future comes. Okay, this is what was, this is where we are, but, but what's next? Paul is setting it up for his early church leaders. You see, Paul gave us the ghost of the past and the ghost of the present. He's about to introduce us to the spirit at work in us and through us into the future. 
So here in our Bible passage, Paul is reminding these early church leaders of what their future holds. God is calling them to something bigger than themselves. In this sermon series, we've only been able to give you like a little piece, a small glimpse of what has come before this moment. The entire book of Acts is really just the Spirit's involvement with his people. And Paul gathered these early church leaders and took time to remind them how the Spirit worked in him and through him in the past. He also let them know how the Spirit was calling him right then in the present. And then we hear the word so. So if the Spirit has been with us and is with us now, then what's next? What's next for those early church leaders? What's next for church leaders today? What's next for your pastoral staff? What's next for parents of their kids? What's next for the volunteers here in the church? What's next for when you volunteer outside of the church? What's next for Christians who have any influence on their family, in their homes, with their friends, at work, all around them, in our communities? What does this mean for you and me today? Well, verses 28 through 31 share what Paul shared with his people. And I'm not going to read them all, but I want to point out a few pieces. And this message starts in verse 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. This is a message for those early church leaders. This is a message for us. We have the Spirit working through us in our past. We have the Spirit with us now so that we can guard ourselves and God's people. What does that look like? What does it mean to guard yourself? What does it mean to guard those around us? Be aware. Be ready. Watch out for those things in your life that are pulling you away from God. Watch out for those things in the lives of those around you that are pulling them away from God. Be aware. Have your eyes open. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. You have been appointed as leaders. I don't know if you know this, Christian brothers and sisters. You have people in your lives who don't know Jesus. You have been appointed as leaders. People are hungry for the good news. Feed them. I know it sounds daunting. I know it sounds scary. I know sometimes we don't know the food we're supposed to give, but the Spirit is in our past. The Spirit is in our present. The Spirit will be with us when we are confronted with our friends who need to know the good news and we will know what to say. It might come out wrong. That's okay. The Spirit is with us. That's how this thing works. Look for ways to feed that hunger by sharing God's spirit with those around you. Watch out for false teachers who will try and distort the truth in order to draw a following. I don't know if you know this, but pretty much our entire world revolves around this idea. The world wants your attention. 
We have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. That's who we are. Our future is at stake. The future of who God is calling, how God is working is at stake. And the world is pulling at everyone. I mean, some of us have seen the, the, the documentary about social media. There are algorithms designed to pull your attention. That's how, how it works. That's, it's capitalism. This is advertising. That's how it all works. That's what our attention is what is valuable to people. And they're distorting the truth for you. They're not telling you truth. They're telling you lies. So watch out for false teachers. Watch out for those who will distort the truth. And then Paul says, remember my constant watch and care over you night and day and my many tears to you. Now Paul is reminding them not to make himself feel important, but to show them the way forward. We must be diligent. Paul was constantly watching and caring over them, praying, tears. He was invested. He was empathizing. He was meeting his people where they were. He was with them in spirit. And Paul is encouraging those leaders and encouraging you and me today we must be diligent. We must invest in others. It's not about us. We are to love God and love others. Now we're to watch out for ourselves, we're to care for ourselves, I get that, but it's so that we can go out and share the good news around us. This is the future. This is what God is calling us to. You see, Paul had a message for them and he has a message for us and Paul is setting the expectations for church leaders including all of us here in the building at home we can't do it alone we are called to be good news bearers we are called to be spirit sharers and it's not our job to do it alone it's our job to do it hand in hand with the spirit and we can look back at the past and see him with us we can see him in our present so that we can go forward in confidence into the future. We are not alone. And we need to lean on the Spirit to equip us for this task. But it's really our job to embrace that responsibility. So that's my challenge to us today. It's our turn to live into the future God is calling us towards. You see, my friends, it's time. The Spirit is calling you. It's time. You can look back and see God's faithfulness. It's time. You can look around you today in your life when you take those moments of quiet contemplation with the Lord and hear him compelling you, calling you, pulling you. It's time. It's time to guard against the distractions that keep you from growing in your faith. It's time to show others with your life the truth that only God can offer. It's time to live into a new calling, a new day, a new vision for your future, a new understanding, a fresh and deepening relationship with God that you have not yet experienced, but you can look back and see the footprints of the Spirit leading you to something new. 
It's time. And as we go today, we can go with the words of Tiny Tim from A Christmas Carol when he said, God bless us, everyone. But we can also go with what the Apostle Paul says. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. It's time. We've seen the Spirit move. We can feel the Spirit move. And God is calling us to something new. God is calling you to something new. That's what the Christian walk is all about. We are not called to sit and be complacent. We are not called to simply say a sinner's prayer and I'm in, I'm done, I'm good to go. That's not what it's about. God has been with you. God is with you today. And God is pulling you to something new. What is it? Let's pray together. Father, I don't know what you're doing. But I can see what you've done. You have given us your holy scriptures to read and study and pray over so that we can see how you have worked in the world from the beginning of time. We can hear the stories. We can see your spirit woven through. God, we thank you for that. God, we feel your spirit pulling us today. God, what are you, what are you calling us to? Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to say? God, how do you want us to be more like you? God, are you, are you calling us to strip away some things in our lives? Are you calling us to redirect our attention from something back to you? God, what are you doing? God, you are pointing us to a new future. 